Hello everybody, it's Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. This is True News. Current events clarified. Number 12, November the 22nd, 2008. Statism is dead, part 2. The prosecution of George W. Bush for murder. Some of you expressed some shock when I introduced this topic in Statism is Dead, part 1. But the fellow that you need to refer is one Vincent Bugliosi, who is a famed prosecutor and a number one New York Times best-selling author who wrote the book The Prosecution of George W. Bush for Murder. You can also have a look at this at prosecutionofbush.com for more information on this. Well worth a read. From the introduction to the book. The book you are about to read deals with what I believe to be the most serious crime ever committed by in American history. The president of this nation, George W. Bush, knowingly and deliberately taking this country to war in Iraq under false pretenses. A war that condemned over 100,000 human beings, including 4,000 young American soldiers, to horrible, violent deaths. This is the crime, the international crime of aggression, the preemptive invasion of another country which is not threatening you, a sovereign nation. What is the essential charge? The essential charge, and this is one of many, on October the 7th, 2002, Bush in a speech said that Iraq could attack on any given day, i.e. represented an imminent threat to the United States of America, and in a massive example of projection, called Hussein a homicidal dictator who is addicted to weapons of mass destruction, that Iraq and al-Qaeda have had high-level contacts that go back a decade, that Iraq can give WMDs to terrorist groups, the falsehood, and again, this is one of many, many documented falsehoods about the lead-up to the Iraq war. On October the 1st, 2002, six days earlier, the CIA sent Bush its 2002 National Intelligence Estimate representing the consensus opinion of 16 federal intelligence agencies. It clearly states that Iraq is not an imminent threat to the security of the United States and that Hussein would only use whatever weapons he had if attacked. Thus, Bush was stating the exact opposite of his intelligence estimates of the truth. This is one example of over 900 documented lies regarding the lead-up to the Iraq War. The legalities. In his book, Mr. Bugliosi, sets out the jurisdictional basis for attorney generals in each of the 50 states plus the hundreds of district attorneys to prosecute Bush for the murder of any soldier who died in the war, which comes from their jurisdiction, who came from their jurisdiction. Where does this come from? This is an old common law tradition, well embedded in Anglo-Saxon legal traditions and current in U.S. law. The legal consequences for actions taken which result in death accrue to those who initiate such actions. So if I pull out a knife and chase you down a hallway and you trip and die, I am responsible for your death. That is the same as murder. If I initiate actions that result in your death, I am legally responsible for that death. There are a number of examples given in the book. One is of a stick-up artist, a hold-up man, who came into a convenience store, waved a gun around and demanded money. The cashier pulled out a gun and attempted to defend himself, missed when he shot at the robber and hit an innocent bystander. It was the robber who was tried for the murder of the bystander because he set 
in motion the events which resulted in the death of the bystander. And whether you agree with it or not, doesn't matter. This is the existing U.S. law. I mean, it does matter, but it doesn't matter in this example. The moral reality. What does this mean? When a president can initiate a genocide resulting in the mass murder of over 100,000 people, destruction of a society, the evisceration of a country. Well, as we talked about in the last True new segment, Statism is Dead, Part 1. Governments are justified according to moral and practical grounds. If the government can initiate genocide at will, and all those involved not only escape the legal consequences that would naturally accrue to private citizens, but receive a pension, then both the moral and the practical grounds collapse for the state. Unless you can think of a worse crime than genocide. What does this mean? This is what we get in our hearts. Every time someone gets a ticket or is arrested for marijuana possession or the non-payment of taxes, some zoning violation, non-conformity to ridiculous and excessive regulations, smuggling, crossing some imaginary line between countries, gambling, the moral focus of the state is on that person. Whenever People are arrested, tried, thrown in the rape rooms of modern prisons. Two million Americans, a higher proportion of American citizens are in jail than those in China. Every time this occurs, every time an American citizen is arrested, tried, convicted, and jailed for a ridiculous non-crime, George W. Bush is not being prosecuted for genocide. The ethics of state power are no longer believable. Whether we like it or not, we all get this. We don't like to admit it, maybe, but we get it. Even Ron Paul, the fabled heroic defender of virtue, refuses to press for the impeachment. He won't even say the guy should be fired, let alone face the death penalty for genocide. If I claim to be some sort of moral superhero entirely devoted to moral righteousness and the protection of the innocent, and I see a child being beaten to death right in front of me and I step over that murder in order to give someone a parking ticket, can anyone ever believe my moral claims ever again? Can anyone seriously look at the government and say that the government is a virtuous institution necessary for the protection of life? Come on. Statism is dead, whether we like it or not, whether we admit it or not. Statism is dead. America was mankind's most moral, idealistic, limited, and righteous experiment in statism. Country founded upon philosophical ideals, not the mere accidents of history. A country so inspiring to the world that people in France donated the Statue of Liberty voluntarily. Ah, America, the shining city on a hill, a more perfect union, a government by and for the people with liberty and justice for all, etc., 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 blah, blah, blah. That is the ideal of statism, which was put in practice 
in the late 18th century. The most moral experiment, the most moral experiment of mankind's history has turned into utter moral excrement. The utter failure and collapse of the moral ideal of statism, the degeneration of a free republic into a wildly indebted, imperialistic, superstitious, genocidal gang of liars, exploiters, and mass murderers has utterly killed the virtue of statism in the soul of mankind. Whether we like it or not, whether we admit it or not, it is stone-cold dead. Statism now, as we saw from the recent election, hidden violence, bribery, avoidance of truth. Is Obama going to prosecute George Bush for murder? The man is a constitutional scholar and lawyer. Is he going to do it? Because he's all about justice, right? He's all about virtue. He's all about morality. So he's not going to let a man who initiated mass murder who can be prosecuted under existing U.S. law, let alone international law. Is he going to prosecute? No. He's going to go for lunch. Pat him on the back. You can see the videos. Now, just because statism is dead doesn't mean that it's dead and buried. doesn't mean that it's gone. The science of society is similar to physical sciences. Chemistry, biology, physics. When too many anomalies accumulate to the theory, the theory that statism, that the government is both virtuous and necessary, when too many anomalies accrue to those theories, what happens? This is a quote. Science enters a state of crisis, which is resolved only by the appearance of a new hypothesis, which will deal successfully with the phenomenon, sorry, with the phenomena that were incompatible with the old theory. One, once such a new theory has emerged, younger scientists convert to it quite readily, although older ones may lack the intellectual flexibility and are left to die off unconverted. So we have a theory called statism. State is, uh, the state is both virtuous and necessary. Unfortunately, too many anomalies have accumulated to sustain the thesis. So a new thesis is required, which explains what has happened. This quote is from the Mendelian Revolution. It's actually available through Google Books. So when the theory of statism begins to gather too many anomalies, the moral and practical claims of statism have been completely refuted by the basic facts that those who represent the government have initiated genocide and will receive a pension. They don't even get fired, let alone prosecuted, let alone face the death penalty. Governments steal almost half the income of the population and it is believed that governments are necessary to protect the income of populations. Governments prey on the unborn through the accumulation of national debts. Governments wage war, imprison unjustly, torture, whether it is extraordinary rendition or simply allowing people to be tortured in jails through rape and assault. These anomalies are no longer explainable by the theory of statism. So we need a new theory. Of course, this is inevitable progress of human thought. Voluntarism, the non-aggression principle, recognize the basic fact basic facts of institutionalized coercion, which is that it always tends to increase in violence and power corrupts. Voluntarism, anarchism, whatever you want to state the society, oh, oh, you're so idealistic, oh, it's pie in the sky, it's utopian. No, you know what is utopian? It's expecting to give people a monopoly of violent power and have them do good through the gun. That is irrational, ridiculous, utopian, and idealistic. 
anarchism, voluntarism, a stateless society theory recognizes the corruptibility of human nature and that the only way to deal with the accumulation of power is through voluntarism, not by giving people a monopoly on the use of power. It is a rational, empirical, common-sense theory, and one which, of course, you use every day in your own life. It is not an untested theory if you want to look at a voluntary society, look at your family and your friends and your job. Voluntarism is a far more consistent and rational theory than statism, but it takes time for people to accept the truth. So try to be patient and positive if you can. Simply keep reiterating that guns cannot produce virtue and ask people who say that the state is both virtuous and necessary how it is possible that the greatest crime in recent history in the United States, the mass murder of over 100,000 people, remains not only unpunished but actively rewarded. It's a tough question to answer, and it really can't be answered. Thanks so much for having a look at this presentation. I know, shockingly short. Please drop by freedomainradio.com, pick up yourself some free books. For those who have lots of questions about how a stateless society deals with problems like the accumulation of power in voluntary agencies or, or national defense or roads, please uh, drop by, pick up my free audiobook or PDF, Practical Anarchy. Uh, for those who want a more theoretical introduction, Everyday Anarchy is a good place to start. And for those who still are under the delusion that politics will work, have a listen to How Not to Achieve Freedom. Again, they're all free at freedomainradio.com forward slash free. Thank you so much for watching, and uh, I will talk to you soon.